Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. To my longtime listeners, welcome back. And if this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad that you chose to tune in today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's show is about finding your calling as a daughter of God. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest is the daughter-in-law of John and Lisa Bevere, who have both been guests on this show a few times. Julie Bevere is a co-founder of SonsAndDaughters.tv, and she desires to see the sons and daughters of God rise to their potential so that their impact reverberates long after their final breath. Julie is deeply in love with her husband, Addison, who has also been a guest on the show, and together they have four adorable kids. Julie and her family live in Colorado Springs, but she will always be a Texan at heart. I knew I loved her even before I interviewed her. Well, y'all are going to love this conversation I had with Julie, so let's welcome her to the show right now. Well, hello, Julie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to have another Bevere. I think you're Bevere number four that I got to bring on. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we get started on the topic that we're going to discuss today, I love to ask my guests, what's a fun fact about you that I would not have read on your professional bio? Um, I love cooking and I still have my wisdom teeth. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know if that's very fun. It's but random. It's, uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Every time I have a new dental hygienist, they're like, wow. I'm like, oh, I forget. I forget to be proud of this. And yeah. So that's a big deal. <laughs> but I do. I love cooking. I find it so therapeutic and just such a form of love. It encompasses so much for me. And yeah, it's it's a passion for sure. And, and I like that it's one that can be shared. You know, my husband usually appreciates that my kids, it's a little hit or miss, but yeah, you know. I was just thinking that I was like, I bet your husband loves that you love that. <laughs> <laughs> do you like cooking or baking or do you consider them kind of the same? I definitely don't consider them the same. I do enjoy both of them for different reasons. Cooking to me is more a creative expression. Baking, the results are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like home baked stuff. There's just nothing like it. So yeah. I, I think cooking is probably the one I'm more passionate about, but I do more baking just because so few people like to bake because it's time consuming mm-hmm. and just consuming in a lot of ways. Yeah. I enjoy both. Yeah, it's interesting because we have two girls and my oldest one loves to bake. In fact, sometimes I'm like, okay, honey, we need at least one night where there's not a sweet in the house. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, uh, but she's really good at it and she loves to try new recipes. And then my second daughter loves cooking. So she'll like, like I was out Perfect. of town. Yeah, I know. I was out of town for a conference and my middle daughter, she made meal like she did lasagna and she did spaghetti and she did all this stuff and she's only 12 so and then my other daughter made them dessert so it was kind of funny <laughs> that's incredible yeah that's that's a skill for yeah, sure. yeah and kind of law yeah a lot of people just don't cook or don't use their kitchen for for cooking and it's so it's it's neat that the younger generation and I feel like all the cooking shows really encourages and the baking competition yeah they even have a Disney one now which I'm like oh. what 
I didn't know about that one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my oldest one can daughter can sew too, which I actually can't sew. So yeah, she's she's got all kinds of skills. So anyhow, I'm super proud of her. Okay, let's jump into what we're gonna talk about. You all just wrote a book called I Am. First of all, tell me a little, before we hit record, you were telling me about sons and daughters. Will you tell the listeners about that? Because I found that very interesting that um, the name of the book, like who authored it was Sons and Daughters. So let's hear about Sons and Daughters. What does that mean? Yes. So Sons and Daughters was kind of our Bevere expression for the next generation. Arden went to Hillsong College and he also had done an internship at another church and he came back and he just said, I really want there to be something for the youth and young adults that kind of carries on the Bevere legacy of foundational truths and identity and a, a very just consistent biblical emphasis. And so we started this thing called Sons and Daughters. Initially, it was just a video blog and this online Let's, let's just share with people our, our own personal journeys. From there, it morphed into more of a, a movement with just the following growing. And then we wanted to do something in person because for us, doing things online were all well and good. But to make it real, we felt like there was an in-person element that we wanted to have. So we gathered in 2019, the summer. It was called Rise. And we just experienced the hand of God on an event where he was orchestrating things and we were just carrying it out. And we had such a positive impact on this sons and daughters community by bringing them together and really being able to see face to face who this message of we are sons and daughters together, we rise, who it was resonating with. And it was different than we expected. I thought there would be a lot of youth groups who came, but it was, such a large range of people from a 17 year old who came with their parents to a 35 professional. And it was so cool to see the way that, you know, we're in a unique time in the world in general, but specifically where these, these different groups are meshing a bit more than perhaps they would have in the past with people getting married later and careers and college all looking a bit more fluid than it ever has before. So we did that event. And from there, we launched these groups where it became an ambassador program to encourage people to continue to gather in person. So that's our primary emphasis right now where, you know, we have our Instagram presence, but these ambassador groups, which people can check out sonsanddaughters.tv, it's encouraging the gathering And then we give them the videos that they can watch together, whatever resources they need for the the contextualizing, what do I do when I have people gathered and just encouraging them to be in real community, shoulder to shoulder, life to life, sharing with one another. So that's the heartbeat behind Sons and Daughters is this movement of all of us rising into the fullness of what that means. And the book is based around seven I am statements where we just, we wanted to know what does the Bible say about us as sons and daughters? How can we contextualize this for our day to day coming and going life that we're living each of us individually, but also collectively as a community. Yeah. Can you share with us? uh, You don't have to go through all seven, but maybe one or two that are some that just, 
kind of jumping to your mind right now that are some of those I am statements? Yeah, I would share the I am holy and I am righteous mm. because those those words have been so clouded in this mystery of what do those words actually mean and how do we contextualize them for our lives? Because it, it, you know, growing up in the church, there's this idea of holy in particular, where it's like, oh, that's reserved for God alone. But all throughout the Bible, God calls us holy. He, he invites us into a life of holiness. And then, you know, we've experienced where holiness is used as this weapon against us, against our sinful nature, against any of our mess ups where it's like, oh, you're no longer holy. Like it's, like it's something we pop in and out of our halo comes and goes. And so for, for our heartbeat of what sons and daughters is, it's kind of trying to demystify some of these words that religion has taken hold of and made more confusing than they were ever meant to be. And what's tricky, Rachel, is that they, they're not confined to human expression or human understanding. You know, it, it is beyond the, the fullness of what holiness, of what righteousness means, is beyond what we have to offer in words. And so the reliance of Holy Spirit to really come into that place, like, I don't know the fullness of this, but I want to know. I want to walk in it. I want to see it in my life. I want that otherness that I believe is available to us as the sons and daughters of God. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. I loved the phrase you just used that you are demystifying some words that we've kind of had thrown around in culture. So holy, righteousness, do any other words come to mind for you that you feel like we need to do this with? You know, really, I would say any of the seven, like called, is another word we're called and calling I think has become this point of confusion and just it, it distraction really where we we see our lives as not enough because we assume well I'm not walking in my calling or I'm not doing what I was called to do and purpose and all of these things that we think are a formula or are an, an instant where it's just dropped in our life and then we walk in it and it's more of a journey. Mm. It's more of a, you know, relationally figuring it out with God step by step, not just a, a moment in a church service. I, I don't, I'm not trying to downgrade any catalytic moments that people have had, but I think we have done a disservice in general when we make calling this, one track mind and people are confused. Yeah. I want to hang on on that just for a second. Cause you're, yeah. I'm the same. I hear a lot of it. I've even had my own wrestlings of the whole calling thing. So I want to just see where did this whole thing come from? I think that sometimes we can look at what other people are doing and maybe their thing seems super big and super wow. And is glittery and sparkly and then we don't think 
we have seen that in our own life. So then we kind of start questioning, well, what's my calling? Did I miss it? Like, am I, am I way off track? I mean, what could we say to that? If somebody's listening and they're going, yeah, I do not feel like I'm walking in my call. I don't even know what that means. What, what encouragement would you say to them? I think you hit the nail on the head when you're saying that the way that we look up and we look around and then allow comparison to be such a dictator for our own lives being enough or being all that they're meant to be, you know, there's never been a time in history like we're experiencing right now where you have access to view so many people's lives and achievements. But the truth is we, we really don't have the access we think we have. But even saying that to ourselves doesn't quite get through the psyche that's built all around Instagram and whatever social media where you're seeing, like when you see things, your eyes, your brain, your heart, your soul is believing that this is real. And so it does, it it all goes into the context of ourselves and how we view ourselves and how we view the mundane the seemingly mundane, which is where calling happens. You know, your calling is, is what you do, but more than that and deeper than that, it's who you are. And when you're being cultivated in who you are, when you're continually growing and allowing God to grow you, to take away, to add, to figure out who it is that you're needed to be in this moment and for these people who are surrounding you, that is so much more of your calling than what you're doing. What you put your hands to will continually change. You know, before we press record, we were talking about being parents and you being in a season just ahead of me. And it's funny to me how when you're in the toddler season, there's this constant doing. And then your kids, as they get older, as they age and, and you know, go in and out of different seasons, there's there's less of like a physical doing and there's more of an emotional need. And it's, it's all hard. It's all work for sure. It's just on different levels and hits on different levels. And I, I look at that as calling where it's like, you're going to be doing different things. Different parts of your life will require more of you at unique times. And if you have this singular mindset, like my career is my calling, if something changes, if you're no longer in that career, where does that leave you as a person, as a daughter of God, as a son of God questioning, but that was my calling God. And God's like, that that was something you were called to, but Mm. that wasn't your calling. So I think having those separated where there's who you're called to be and there are things you're called to do. And knowing that they are intermingled, there's not this singular thing. Like we almost want to be robotic in the way we approach life and we want a formula and ultimately we want control. We want to know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I get it. Like I I'm with you, Rachel. I've had those moments of deep questioning and I think we go there in those moments of questioning. So to the person who's questioning or if they're living out their calling, you go there with God. You invite him into that place, into that wondering, and you move forward from there. You know, you don't hang out thinking your life doesn't matter 
but you continue to move forward and you look at it in the greater context of the body itself. We've become so individualistic in our thinking and in our mindset towards life. And I think that comes at great cost because that's, that's not what I read in my Bible. That's not the, the high priestly prayer of Jesus saying, God, let them be one as we are one, which is baffling to me that Jesus would even pray that. Cause it's like, how is that possible that we would be one as Jesus is one with God? But you know, it must be possible if he was going to lend words to it. So I feel like that was a real <laughs> fluid answer. Yeah. Well, I can sum it up in one phrase that you said in there, you said called to be is different than called to do. Okay, I think that was a really powerful breakthrough for somebody listening. It was for me personally, because my call to be a daughter, that's that doesn't change. That's not going to come in and out of seasons. That's not going to be one season I'm a daughter, one I'm not, although the enemy would love for me to believe that. Uh, but that that called to be statement of I am a daughter, that's stable called to do that's going to be changing. And I think that's so powerful for us to understand for so many reasons. One, just identity, period, right? We have to operate from that place of solid foundation identity that I'm a daughter, no matter how I act, no matter what I do, I'm still his daughter. You know, I can't earn his worth. I can't lose my worth. Like that is stable. But the be the doing, I mean, you know, the motherhood seasons have been different. And I think even just the things that the Lord has called me to do outside of my home, if I don't hold that with an open hand and an understanding that this could just be for a season, and he might actually say, okay, that time is done. And I can't tell you the number of times I know I've done this and I've witnessed other people do it. We have a tight grip <laughs> on that doing thing. And it's like our identity is so tied up in that doing that even when the Lord, as a good father, tells us, daughter, that season's done, you need to let go, we cling so tightly because our identity was all wound up in it and we can't even fathom who we are if we let go of that doing. And so you just, yeah. I feel like that was so clear what you just said, like there's a difference here in what who I'm called to be and what I'm called to do and um, just really making that clear distinction so with all that said, I know mine was a little rambly too, but um, with all of that said, what would you say then to somebody who maybe is struggling in the call to be? Like, I, I don't know. I'm going to speak for some people. And honestly, the sitting in the daughter piece, I feel like I'm finally coming into that in my 30s. Like as a teenager in 20s, I still don't really think I got that. And so I think there's people listening today who are probably even older than me who still haven't really gotten that. So how can we help them on that piece of it? Yeah, well, and the way you said gotten that, like I don't believe it's a one-time aha moment Yeah, where you are able to just rest and not the rest of the remainder of your life. Yeah, so true. I believe it is it's this continual coming to God and saying like, I, I need to enter into this day. I need to enter into this opportunity or this interaction, knowing first and foremost that I am your daughter, that I have nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide, that I can go in open and honest 
with the freedom that comes from positionally knowing who you are and more importantly, whose you are. And then you can enter into the world, whether that's your business place or your family or whatever interactions come your way. You can enter into the world in a, a place that's like you're sitting positionally in a place where you're able to give because you are blessed. You're not looking to receive. And we do such a disservice to the world around us when we walk into situations, opportunities, and we are looking to receive from the world as opposed to give to the world. And that's what it means to be a son and a daughter of God, that positionally you are looking to give because you have something to give, because you've received more than anything the world could ever offer you. And so it's, it's simple for me personally. It looks like being consistent with my quiet time. I am a deep like thinker and evaluator. And so I have to be protective. And like you, it, it's, it's been in my late twenties, early thirties now that these realities have resonated in a way that my hope and our hope with I am is like, God, please let this next generation get it sooner. And I believe they're positioned to because of what's happening in the world and what's going to be required of them, that they are positioned to receive these things sooner. Yeah. And I'm believing that and praying for that over my own children and over the next generation. But it's the simple, consistent, making space, removing distraction, and meeting with God, letting him speak into you, whether that be through um, teaching, which to me, teaching is always secondary to a direct receiving from the Holy Spirit and the word of God and prayer. Um, but teaching or reading your Bible or community, you know, your close friends who are on this journey themselves have so much to offer you. So surrounding yourself with people who are also so dedicated to sitting in the seat of belovedness so that they are not looking to receive from the world. Like, you can hop on Instagram or hop on any social media, and it's, it's tragic to see the amount of people who are just desperate for attention, for validation, and you, you just scroll through, and it's like, gosh, this is not how we're supposed to look as Christians. We are positionally given everything we need to rule and reign in this life, not just in the life to come. And so for for this to be something that's real is my own heart cry because it's, it's not about us as individuals. Like we rise as a community. We rise as a body. If we're just individually doing this thing on our own, then the impact is so limited to ourselves where when we're doing it collectively, there is such a multiplication factor that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to quantify. I'm so glad that you brought up the point that it's an ongoing thing to operate from that place of being a son or a daughter. Because, yeah, when I say that I got it in my 30s, what I really mean by that is it became into my awareness mm. that I have the daily decision to operate from the place of daughter or the place of orphan spirit. 
And mm-hmm. I would be lying if I said I don't still have days and hard moments where I go over to orphan. I go over to trying to clamor for my identity. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that, too, you bring up Instagram. I always, um, I love social media for many reasons. Um, in fact, somebody I just had on the podcast, we connected because of Instagram. So it's a super powerful tool. But I recently was off of it for a few weeks Um, because I was studying for a big exam I had. And so initially my reason for being off of it was just time, right? I'm like, I can't, I can't be wasting time on there. I got it. I need to study. I didn't expect what else came from that of how many times I would have been reaching to Instagram for, to meet a need in me. Like there were so many times where I was kind of down or I was feeling whatever, like different things were coming up. And my, my knee jerk was, oh, let me go see what, so, you know, my friends are doing or whatever. And then I was like, wait, it's not on my phone. I can't do that. Okay, let me do something else. And so it just made me so aware of how often I'm tempted to go to the world. And of course, I'm using Instagram as an example, but for the people who aren't on social media, we do it in all kinds of ways, you know, it besides just social media. So anyhow, I'm glad that you brought that point up. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. I think it's so good to point out it's a tool. Yeah. It's not good and it's not bad figuring out where it fits and how or if it is good for you now in this season, I think we should constantly be asking ourselves if it's serving as a distraction from the people who are at arm's length from you, it's no longer serving you. You're serving it. Yeah. So kind of figuring out those different checkpoints are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, if somebody was listening and they wanted maybe some practical tips for what they're calling is and is not. We've we touched on this a little bit, but do you have any other pieces of advice for them? I think, and actually in the book, in the I Am Called chapter, it talks about your calling isn't just one task, vocation, or achievement. It can't be summed up in one word or phrase like I am called to be a missionary or God wants me to be an artist. Although it may include that, his calling for you is far more involved. It's multifaceted, beautiful, and complex. In Proverbs, there's a scripture that talks about the purpose of a man is drawn out of a well, like deep waters. And so when you have this image of drawing water from a well, it's a continuous, you know, you it's work and it's a journey. Like you get the you get the bucket, you take it down. I've never personally drawn water from a well, but what's what's in my imagination? I'm assuming everyone else can meet me there. And you take the bucket and then you draw it hand over hand, and then maybe you have to go down and you draw more water out of the well. And it's so it's not a one and done situation, you know. And and as you live, like life is, it's both a vapor and it's very long. There's a lot to it. And there's a lot of versions of you in the midst of life. Thankfully, we don't stay as we once were. That's not the intention of God for us to stay as we were when we were a child. It's for us to continue to grow and change and develop. And so I would say for people who are just missing that calling piece or believe that they're missing that calling piece, One, something my mother-in-law says that I love is that God is a big target. Like he 
is not wanting to make it difficult for you. He, he's easier to find. You know, we draw near to God and he draws near to us. He's a big target. So as far as our calling goes, seeing our lives a lot more holistically, like part of your calling is being a good daughter, is being a good mom, is being a good wife, is being a good friend, is being a good customer, just being a person who is shedding light in the world. That is so much of our calling. And I also would challenge people to go into your Bible and look at the things that each of us are called to. And that can feel generic. And again, touching on this individualistic mindset that we have as Westerners living in 2021, I know it can feel generic to look at the general calling for us as sons and daughters. But the truth is we would bring our own unique touch to each of the things that God has already called us to in this world, in this time, in this place. And so move forward in that and be, be a part of a body. That too, like, you know, it talks about in Corinthians, if a hand despised being a hand and wanted to be a foot instead, or an eye wanted to be an ear, or if your whole body was an ear, like these are, these are freaky situations that we're part of a body. We're not called to be the totality of a picture of something. And I know we can look at, we can look around and think other people are the total package, but the truth is they're not. They're not. No one is doing it all on their own. And if they are, then they're not going to be doing it all on their own for very long because that's not sustainable. We weren't built for that to be sustainable. I love that. That final statement you just said that we are, called to be a body like nobody's doing it all nobody is doing all the body parts right like no there's nobody that has everything moving at once and man that is such a lie that I feel like that we can tend to believe <laughs> especially as women mm -hmm. and I, I don't know exactly what that is or why that is I know but as women it's so loud in yeah. our ears or it can be so loud in our ears I'm believing it doesn't have to be that is interesting because it's not like I've ever that I can remember, remember hearing anybody say, hey, as a woman, you have to do it all. Like nobody's ever really preached that message to me that I can think of or even seen an Instagram post that said that yet somehow that's the internal dialogue sometimes we can get. So that's interesting. I'm going to, I'm a deep thinker too. So I'll have an answer for you guys tomorrow. So <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. I'm a deep, slow thinker is what I should say. I'm like a slow processor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, Julie, I've so loved talking to you. Where can the listeners, um, first of all, get this book? And then uh, you guys also have just lots of resources that people could take advantage of. Do you want to share about any of those things? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we, the book can be gotten everywhere that books are available. You know, Amazon is always an easy go-to. And then with the entire I am movement and group and ambassadors. And what's cool is that we will on our website, when you sign up to be an ambassador, we connect people with you in your area. So then they can go on the website and click what area they're in and look to be a part of your group. So that is sonsanddaughters.tv. And then Messenger has an app called um, Messenger app, Messenger X app. And they have so many different resources. I mean, there's raising boys and marriage and individual healthy relationships. 
so much on identity because that really is a large part of the heartbeat of the Beviers and messenger of us, I should say, is this identity because it's foundational to, to being everything that God's called us to be. So messenger X, and we even have an I am study where we go through each of the chapters. And so it's just a lot of tools that you can go along with as you read the book so that this gets in you in a real way where, where it can do its work, where it can make some changes in your personal beliefs and your awareness of who you are and all of these different things, which can be so complex. So I think what we try to do is just hit you on different levels. So that way you can go as deep as you're willing to go. So, yeah. And then of course, Instagram is sonsanddaughters.tv and that would kind of be the best. I'm not, I'm not a great Instagrammer yeah. because I still haven't quite figured that out for myself, honestly. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky world figuring out where where social media is intended to to be what space it could fill. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's like a common wrestling of mine. <laughs> For sure. So okay. Well yeah, and I have the Messenger app. It's amazing, by the way. So definitely go download that and get their book because you and I barely got to scrape like the tip of the surface of what the book's about. Even even what the one, you know, chapter we kind of hung out on the most today, we barely scraped it. So definitely go grab their book. And Julie, just thank you again for taking time to come on and just really have some real talk about this conversation. I, I love just getting to dive deep with the fellow deep thinker. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. I just so appreciate it. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Today's show was about finding your calling, but I specifically loved the power of the I am statements. That's what their whole book is about. And in therapy, I love to help people recognize what voice they're listening to. So we all have an inner critic. We have a very real enemy of our soul. There's obviously external voices, you know, uh, the people that we're surrounded with or whoever we're following on Instagram or wherever you might be. And then, of course, there's God's voice. So I just love for us to kind of just take a minute and recognize that we're all listening to someone or something and we have got to start being more aware and more intentional with who we're letting speak in to our lives. So I want us to take what we learned today about these I am statements that are in the Bible and use it in your everyday life. Because you know that I'm very passionate about making sure that you walk away from these episodes with some tools that make me go, oh, okay, I can, I can apply this right now. So here's one thing I want you to think about. What is one I am statement that you need to replace? And here's when I say that. I'm not talking about the ones that we talked about in the Bible and that are in um, this book that we just talked about. I'm talking about the I am statements that we know are not in alignment with God's word. I am dumb. I am fat. I am a loser. Any of those that are just you know, there's no way you could find it in the Bible that would give any support to that. What is one thing that you feel like kind of is on repeat in your mind? A lot of us could really quickly say something, but if you need to think about it and maybe pray about it this week and go, hey, Lord, what's a statement that I've been saying in my mind? A lot of times we don't even say these things out loud, 
but they're on repeat in our head and influencing us. But ask the Lord to show you what's something that he would love to replace with the truth from his word. And then that's the second thing we're going to do. What does God's word say? So look in his word. I love to, when I'm researching, trying to find something that lines up with God's word, I will go even just as simply to the Bible app. That's a free app that anybody can have access to. And I'll type in the word that I'm struggling with. Um, or I'll even think about what would be the opposite of that. You know, what would be the truth of that? And then I'll look up that word and find a scripture that lines up with what it is that I am trying to replace. So I just want us that it's super simple, but I really want you to just be mindful of what kind of statements are you replaying in your head. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. Hey, if you love today's episode, would you consider leaving a review? It helps new listeners find the show so they can be encouraged and pointed in the direction of Jesus and God's word. Well, I pray that this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.